why it's so important for each and every one of us to be intentional to reach out to others. Paul talks about this word greeting in the book of Romans, the 16th chapter, verse 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. And so would you read with me? He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, and to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Eponitas, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. And so we take a moment now to just kind of dissect and look at this title, Greet One Another. Greet one another. See, the word greet, uh, when we look at the definition of greet, it means to welcome in a friendly and respectful way, to give a polite word or a sign of welcome or recognition to someone that you're meeting, that there's this warm embrace, there's this welcoming of others. And so Paul takes some time in the, this 16th chapter to make some statements, to give us some observations. One of them that he says is greet several churches meeting in homes. They're not just meeting in a big church building, but there's been a change. They may have been able to go to the synagogue, and they may have been able to go to their places of worship, but they've accepted Christ. So they're having to meet in other places. They greet them. He goes on and we see some observations in this passage, in this chapter, where Paul gives some more details of when he's sending greetings. He's sending greetings to a number of women that we see in this chapter. See, this particular fact here demonstrates that there's a change occurring in the religious community and how the, the gospel is shared, the women are being valued, where in many of the other religions and faiths that their gift, their abilities were not valued. And Paul talked about it a little bit. You see him questioning this very thing. He says, women keep quiet in the church. See, if you look at that scripture in the passage, there's a question mark. He goes on and he speaks to the men. He says, did the word of God come out of you or through you? See, God is God. He wants to use everybody. He gives us all gifts, talents, and abilities. So Paul is kind of giving, he's applauding, he's saying, greet, have a warm welcome for these women that have been faithful in serving the Lord. We see a couple of more observations here. He speaks several names that, and about several people that gives us 
An observation that there are different nationalities indicated by these names mentioned. Paul, who's a Hebrew and a Roman citizen, sends salutations or greetings to Greeks, to Romans, and perhaps even Asians. See, one of them that you heard me mention in that passage, Eponetus, is considered to be the first convert from the province of Asia. And so you have all of these people that Paul is addressing, even that there is some indication that many of them may have been slaves. So Paul, can you imagine, think about this, all different nationalities, different backgrounds, slave and unslave, and now they're coming under one faith. One God, one hope. Do you think there's going to probably be some need to embrace and understand one another and try to figure it out together? And so Paul is making all of these statements here. Either he clearly recognized or maybe he didn't, but the Holy Spirit did, that there is a marking in this time of the universal gospel, the university of, university of the gospel, that God's word will go to every community, to every country, and to every sect of life. And it would draw, as the Bible tells us, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. No respect of creed or culture or background or position. But God so desires that none would be lost, but that all would come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Paul is indicating something. He's saying, take the first step. Greet one another. Let your relationships start to form. Take the first step. Because not only is this a new faith, but new relationships are forming that have never been formed before. That there's been so much separation, that there's been so much division, that God is doing a new thing that's going to require some care, some welcoming some love for one another. See, when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandments was, he says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. And he said the second is likened to the first, to love thy neighbor. See, this shows that Paul was not only a soul winner, but he was a friend maker. See, Paul developed connections. He knew them by name. He used their names over and over again. He was willing to get on the journey of life with others. He had a listening ear. See, listening means hearing with the intent of understanding. And he took some time. Maybe asked the right questions. So the question, how are we greeting one another? 
Saints of God, don't let it be superficial or insincere greeting. In this fast-paced world, we are moving past people at a speed of not caring for others. We're not careful. may not be the intent of our heart, but if we're not careful, we can move past people at the speed of not caring. When our greeting is insincere, with impure motives, and a selfish actions, it leads to hurt, bitterness, and even immorality. It's so important that we have sincere, loving, and intentional greeting. I read a book years ago that was called Soul Talk by Larry Crabb, and one of the big points that he would say there is to get on the journey. Be willing to get on the journey of life with others. Be willing to take the time and learn and grow with one another. See, the, the, the essence of it is that we should come to church leaving better than when we came. And as we grow and connect and love on one another, we leave better. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two, ten thousand, their strength. A threefold cord is not easily broken. So Proverbs gives us some wise sayings. In Proverbs 18, 24, it says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Maybe you've heard me say this before, that this was what the Lord brought to my attention when I was a college student at the University of Houston. And 97.5% of the university was white American. A little bit more percentage of it was Asian, and about 0.03% was African-American. And so I walked around the campus feeling like a fish out of water. And I remember I was walking around waiting for somebody to say something to me, waiting for somebody to greet me, waiting for somebody to be my friend, waiting for somebody to come to me. And guess what? It really never did happen until I saw this passage. So I said, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. See, what I didn't realize at the time is that we were all in the same boat. We were all just waiting for somebody to come to us. <laughs> and as soon as I did like that guy in that, that Navy commercial with the, had that big smile and said, hey, how you doing? People like, hey, where are you from? It's so good to meet you. Relationships started to form because somebody was willing to be a friend. And we know that Jesus Christ is the model of this, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. See, I experienced this firsthand when I visited Christian Tabernacle at the age of 16. I know the Lord did something amazing for me because I, I, I shared with you maybe before about Sister Montgomery and how Sister Montgomery came up to the door. She didn't know me from anyone. Sister Montgomery put her hands around me, hugged me, and she said, 
Jesus loves you. And so do I. And that warm embrace was life-changing for me. I knew that this lady meant it. I could feel it. So as I was preparing and coming in this morning, I had the same thing happen. She doesn't even know that the Lord used her to remind me of that. I was standing next to Miss Linda, and she just said, I'm, I'm a hugger. Can I give you a hug? She walked up to me and hugged me. It reminded me of that leading me to the Lord. Thank you, Miss Linda, for being willing to greet me that way. See, God so desires that for each and every one of us, that we be used of him and that we receive from him, that we would be more of the stronger. See, go back with me to Romans 16, verse 3 and 4. Let me share some things with you. See, Paul's friends, Priscilla and Aquila, as he states here, my helpers in Christ Jesus, we could almost say that they were one of the first missionaries. If we look in the book of Acts, we see that they are spoken of in the book of Acts, the 18th chapter. They lived, they worked, they traveled with the apostle Paul, who he describes as their helper, as his helpers, in the work of Christ, in sharing, in proclaiming, in leading others to the Lord. And as we look at Scripture and we examine this a little bit, we get the indication that Priscilla and Aquila were Jewish. And Paul makes a statement here, he said, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. See, Paul had a little leverage of going to the Gentiles being a Roman, but now he has Priscilla and Aquila going. And I believe that by them going, by them reaching out, they made an indelible difference in the lives of the Gentiles that they approached. That they gave them a warm welcome. They showed them love. Their efforts were the callous for bridging the gap between the Jews and the Gentiles. See, we even see that there was an easing of tensions. Just like we saw with Jesus himself when he was sitting at the well in the area in the province of Samaria, and the woman at the well came to him. And Jesus began to talk to her. And she said, what does a Jew have to do with a Samaritan? It blew her mind. Not only did he talk to her, but he asked her for a drink of water. You're going to commune with me? So much so, see, we think it was more so about all the stuff that Jesus revealed to her, and that had an element of it. But this lady ran. She was excited. She saw a difference. She saw this man that was willing to meet her right where she was, to love on her, 
And so she just wanted to tell everybody. And so Paul makes these two very key comments. It says they lay down their own neck. They lay down their wants, their desires. They took time for others. They even risked their own lives for him in the work of Christ. And all the churches of the Gentiles, they needed to feel welcome. This was a heavy bridge. If you read the scriptures and examine what was going on with the Jews and Gentiles, this was not an easy undertaking. But Priscilla and Aquila were right there to bridge the gap with a gentle, loving arm for one another. So how we greet others play a vital part in how others feel welcomed. Will you agree? Would you agree? Let's take a moment to look a little closer. Romans 16, 16, Paul jumps a little bit farther after he's given all of these greetings. He says this in Romans 16, 16. He says, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. See, Paul is saying, don't stop at the greeting. That helps you get the first step. That helps you get to the next step to come out of our comfort zone. Greet one another, but also be willing to salute. See, this word goes a little bit farther. What it means is to recognize, to appreciate, and to praise. Be thankful for one another. Let them know that you appreciate them. Let them know that you see them and the efforts that they're doing for others and how they're serving the Lord. Tell them how much you appreciate them, but do it with a pure motive and a genuine Because verse 17 gives us a little bit more. It says, avoid them that cause division. This is what we need to understand, saints. There's going to always be something that we can divide on. If it ain't COVID today, it's going to be something else tomorrow. There can always be something, but Paul is reminding us. Notice, say something about what the, the good that others are doing. Recognize it. Appreciate it. Praise God for it. And tell them. Let them know. He goes on, the churches of Christ salute you. See, there's the churches, the corporate church. There's the individual. Scriptures say we're a church. Our bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so it's so important that we be willing to be intentional about saluting others, appreciating others, recognizing and praising others. But he says in a certain way to do this, what exactly uh, is this holy kiss that we see here? It's so important that we take a moment. So there are four places in the New Testament that refers to the holy kiss, Romans 16, 16. 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, and 1 Thessalonians 5 speaks of this instances of a holy kiss. This Greek word denotes a kiss which is sacred, okay? physically pure, and, mer- and morally blameless. So it's not just a 
a, a, a kiss that we talk about when we're kissing our wife or our husband. This one is physically pure, morally blameless, and it's not that type of affection. Each of these passages begin with, with greet one another or greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Let me explain that a little bit. See, it was common and custom in most nations for people to kiss each other at meeting or parting to display their love, their sincere affection, and friendship for each other. The kiss is called holy to distinguish it from sexual ones and from a hypocritical and a deceitful one. Like we see with Joab when he gave Amasa a kiss and stabbed him with a sword in his rib. Like when we see when Judas gave Jesus a kiss and cried, Hell, Rabbi, when he was betraying him. See, it's not talking about those type of kisses. It's so important that we resist any unholy temptation when we think about this. But let me explain a little bit what holy kiss represents in New Testament times. The holy kiss was a sign of a traditional Christian greeting, much like the modern handshake or the hug today. For Christians, it further expressed brotherly love and unity. The holy kiss was especially precious to the new believers during the early church years because they were often outcast from their own families because of their new faith. Maybe we can identify with this. Maybe even in our own modern religion right now, we can identify. Maybe in our traditions. Maybe some of you have come from a Catholic background and your family wrote you off. Or maybe you got so close to the Lord that they thought you were in a cult, thought you were doing some crazy, weird stuff. And maybe you went from charismatic and you're trying to figure out how to navigate a different way of doing things. Or you went from conservative to a more charismatic and you're like, man, them people are kind of weird. And so you come with all of this tension and someone comes and expresses some care for you, some acceptance, some love for you. See, these expressions of love, union, and acceptance, they take time. Sometimes it starts uneasy. Sometimes we need to be willing to get on a journey with one another, to slow down, to make it meaningful. See, we are commanded to preach the word, but we're not told exactly the specifics of all this. Some of it, yes, is preaching the written word, and some of it, it comes in the form of a smile, a handshake, listening intently to one another, a hug, a warm embrace. Like Sister Montgomery, like Miss Linda. A sharing of a meal, a coming to the aid in the needs of others, that the word of God would be seasoned with salt. The Colossians 4, verse 6 tells us, Let us speech, let your speech always be with grace, 
seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. So we look at Scripture, and it uses the word holy kiss, and we understand in our modern understanding that maybe we don't kiss everybody on the cheek, and we need to be aware that, you know, maybe that's not exactly what we do, but a holy hug, a holy handshake, and an embrace in the modern church shows so much. See, hugging and laughter are such a vital part of our growth. It allows us to be extremely effective and effective in healing. You know, a hug can heal. It can cause diseases to subside. It helps with loneliness, depression, anxiety, and stress. The more loving we are, the more we're willing to embrace one another. The research shows that a proper hug can benefit you in these ways and many more. The nurturing touch of a hug builds trust and a sense of safety. Hug teaches us how to give and receive. There is equal value in receiving and being receptive to warmth. As to giving and sharing, hugs educate us how love flows both ways. Have you ever been in children's church or with kids and how they just give you a hug and it kind of melts you? Kind of makes you feel all warm inside, like everything's going to be all right? I've just been looking at Miss Barb the last week or so. She's on cloud nine. She's smiling from ear to ear. She gets to hug Miss Maya all day long. But see, in that, it's so important that we understand that there are some guidelines. It's important that we be discreet, that we be respectful, not forceful or disrespectful. And that we love on each other the right, right way. So I want to spend a few moments because, you know, there are those that, are, that would classify themselves as being non-huggers amongst us. So I just want to spend a moment and give you some techniques of the non-huggers. So that you can understand how to interact and how to embrace and how to navigate with the non-huggers. I want to educate you a little bit because we need to walk in wisdom. You get me? And so there are four primary techniques of the non-hugger. The first technique is uh, the high. They give you the high. And the quick release. They're the ones that do the, they do the one shake or they do the side thing and pull away from it. You've probably seen one of them before. They'll high. It's kind of like an a, a air high five or an air stiff arm. They want to keep you at a distance. And so you got to understand this particular non-hugger, they don't understand it. they just like, I don't understand the whole hugging thing. It's just weird. And so they just like, okay. But then there's the second technique of the non-hugger, and this is the one that understands it a little bit, but they, they're, they're uncomfortable with it, okay. They, they, they just don't understand it. And so they'll give you, they'll shake your hand, but they'll give you the stiff arm. So it's going to be stiff, and this is going to be right there. They hadn't really thought about how they're going to work around it. That's just what they give. The, sec the third technique is the one who understands it. They're uncomfortable with it, 
but they've thought just a little bit how they're going to get around it. And so these are the ones that's going to give you the, the stiff arm, but they're going to reach back a little bit. They're going to just go back just a little bit, just to let you know I ain't, I ain't feeling all that. Don't be trying to come in closer. You're going to get the stiff arm, and they're going to reach back. Then there's the fourth one. And so these are the ones who, who understand it. They're very, very uncomfortable with it. And they have thought about how they're going to counteract it. They have thought in detail of how they're going to work around it. And so these are the, they're going to give you the stiff arm. Then they're going to give you the wrist twist. Because when they twist your wrist like that, you can't, they kind of got you a little bit. So they're going to stiff arm and give you the wrist twist. And if you try to move in, they're going to give you the elbow shove. So they're going to push you off. Okay. They, they've thought about it. You try to come in, they're just like, they're working around you. They got you down on a twist. So they've thought about this quite a bit. So it's important that you understand the right techniques to counteract this a little bit. With respect, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm saying here, one area is to know the person. You need to know them a little bit. Build the rest. You don't want to be doing this cold with somebody you just met. Okay? Give them a little, give them a little space. Give them a little time. And female to female, male to male. You don't want to be trying to use techniques on the opposite sex and be disrespectful, okay? All right, so that first technique, that first one who's, they, they don't understand it. They're giving you the high five. They're giving you the kind of like the, the quick release, the quick turn. So you have to do the two-hand shoulder technique. You move in, you break their, their, their space, and you just put your two hands on them and you talk to them a little bit. How to hug a non-hugger. So you just spit in there, you're talking to them, you're looking into their eyes, and you tell them, you know, the Lord loves you, I love you, it's so good to have you here today. And, uh, and, and then at some point you're going to be able to come in for the hug, but you got to get your hands on the shoulder. Because they, they're not giving you enough to pull, pull them in, so you got to invade the space a little bit. Just a little gradually. The second one, they give you the stiff arm. Okay? So the stiff arm, you got to be strategic about this. When they give you the hand, you have to take the hand, you're taking the hand, and then you grab the elbow. Okay? And you're holding the elbow, and you're looking into the eyes, and you're putting a little weight, causing the elbow to go down a little bit. Okay? So you're just taking time. It's going to eventually happen, because anybody holding their arm up there is going to take a while, so you're Pulling it down, and as the elbow comes down, you're able to give them a side hug, okay? Looking at her eyes, you got to make sure you don't, don't look down at the arm. Just stay natural, stay calm, take your time. It'll happen, I guarantee you. Now, the third person, remember, they are uncomfortable. They've thought a little bit about how to counteract this. They're giving you the stiff arm and the drawback. They're saying, I ain't, all, I ain't in this. Don't be giving me no hug. So the drawback, this is the one that you have to shock and awe, okay? The shock and awe. So as they give you the hand and the drawback, you stiff arm drawback as well, okay? So you draw, it throws them totally off, okay? Drawback as well, they go like, what? What's going on? And then they loosen up so you're able to come in. It's called the drawback pull. So as you... Draw back, they go, what? And you, and you pull in, okay? and you're able to hug, okay? All right. 
All right, I know this last one. This is for the, the, the ultra non-hugger. They've thought about it in detail. They're giving it a stiff arm. They're twisting, and they're ready for the elbow. There's no way you're going to be able to come frontal with this one. There's no way you're going to have to come direct. This is all sneak attack here. You got to find them. You got to look for the right moment, and you got to come up on them. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. You got to come right when they don't. There's the picture of it right there. How to hug, non-hugger. I guarantee you, if you follow those techniques, you'll be successful. The Lord will bless you in it and give you an opportunity to greet one another. Saints of God, be welcoming. First take that first step to greet. Be willing to take that next step, salute, to recognize, to appreciate. And then the third we see there with and in a manner. The scriptures say a holy hug, I mean a holy kiss. So we can hug, we can embrace, we can love on each other. The mature Christians can and should show affection for one another. Do you hear me say that? Mature Christians can and should show affection for one another. But it must always be based on pure motives, discretion, and above all, true Christian love. When done in this manner, it creates oneness, it creates unity. Spiritual healing occurs. A warm embrace. We understand each other a little bit more. We're willing to have space for one another. Even in our imperfectness, we're willing to care, to be long-suffering. To, to, to stand with one another. To greet others so that they will feel the warming acceptance of Christ in and through you. Let Christ be in you richly. Christ welcomes all to be in the family of God. Let him use you to be that welcoming arm. And watch him do some great and amazing and wonderful things. For he gets all the glory.